Hey friends, welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Her God Story podcast, where you will always hear a good story to build your faith and equip you in your walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America, an international author and traveler on this journey of faith. This episode is a slight departure from our normal format. With Thanksgiving coming, I decided to focus on stories that will help you make the most out of your holiday. And to help with this, I've asked my friend Mary Beth Gilbert to join me again. You may remember her testimony from previous episodes, but if you missed them, I encourage you to go back and listen to them sometime over the next month while you're cooking, cleaning, wrapping gifts, or making other holiday preparations. We've included her bio in the show notes too, so check them out when you have a moment. There are lots of different ways to celebrate Thanksgiving, and whatever promotes an attitude of gratitude in your heart and in those around you is to be praised. So Mary Beth and I will share what's worked in our lives and families with the prayer that God will encourage you and give you ideas for your own celebrations. Welcome back, Mary Beth. Thank you, Jody. It's great to be here. What's your favorite Thanksgiving memory, and why was it meaningful to you? Well, it's interesting you ask my favorite Thanksgiving memory, because I really don't have a favorite Thanksgiving to say, boom, that was it. Mm -hmm. But the memories that all surround Thanksgiving is what I love. Um, My favorite thing, I guess, would be just the family and friends that we've had through the years as we gather around together. I love the traditional meal, you know, the turkey and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and green beans and all of that. Who can not love that? And through the years, I've added a couple recipes along the way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of become like a tradition in, in our family when I when I host. I love sitting around the dining room table with our china out and eating this feast together and visiting with family and friends. And at that point, the rush is over because everything's been prepared and you're sitting and you can enjoy and relax and you don't have to get up and run out the door to work or to run here or run that. It's like the rest of the day. It's just all family and enjoying and and the foods. And I love bringing out the china every year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That may be a lost art today, do you think? Well, you know, I still up bring out the china when we host Thanksgiving and um, it's it's fun to do. I thought I would use china a whole lot more than I do, but our lives have become more casual as the years go by and that's fine. But it is fun to get out the china every once in a while too. Yes. I've started bringing it out, not only Thanksgiving, but also for Easter mm-hmm. and for other special occasions during the year. I love to set a pretty table. Um, in fact, I tried to teach my daughter through the years, always set a pretty table, not just on Thanksgiving, but during the year when we're having regular dinners through through the year as well. But just the laughing together, the telling stories, reminiscing, working together, like in the preparations for Thanksgiving and then working together in the cleanup. You still have that fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the holding hands and prayers before the meal. We have uh, growing up, we always woke up to my dad having the Macy's parade on. Oh, and yes. that was a big thing. And so when we were little, as kids, we would gather with him and watch the parade for all those hours. And my mom was very much a snap to it, get it done type of woman. And she was, it was just easier and quicker for her if she was in there doing Thanksgiving dinner by herself. Like she didn't ask for our help or anything. She would just like put it on in no time. And so we, it probably just as well, my dad had us all in the in the family room <laughs> watching the Macy's pray to keep us out of her hair. At the end, he'd make the big announcement. 
kids, this is it. Here comes the fat man in the big red suit. And then (laughs) Christmas stuff started, you know, the day after. But just growing up, it was very basic. A lot of times it was just our family because our extended family was out of town. It was still fun. Sometimes we'd play games. Uh, My husband has a fun uh, Thanksgiving memory. He's one of four boys. Uh And they would gather with some friends at their high school and play football and called it the Turkey Bowl. And so every Thanksgiving morning, they were off, and I'm sure his mother loved it with four boys running around. She needed that break too to get things ready. So that's just some some fun things. There were a lot of Thanksgivings that were not what I would say normal. Most were. Um, as an adult, I did enjoy um, Thanksgiving with my new family in Atlanta when I first got married. And we've always enjoyed our family Thanksgivings with them. They've always been a lot of fun. They were a little more people because they've got extended family close by. It was just great just to be together and to share and fellowship and all that. And when my sisters moved up to the Atlanta area, then we would have Miller Thanksgiving one day and Gilbert Thanksgiving the next day. So sometimes we would have two Thanksgivings. Back to back. (laughs) Back to back. (laughs) One year, my precious sister and her husband delayed Thanksgiving a day so we could eat it with the Gilberts on Thanksgiving day. And then the next day she had the day after had it for the Millers. But I told her, please don't do that anymore. It was wonderful and so sweet and sensitive, but it was like, no, just have it on Thanksgiving. Leftovers are great. That's all part of it. Isn't it? Even the leftovers. Yeah. Now that we have adult children, some that are married, they're having to go back and forth between families or choose a family. And that that changes the the holiday tradition a little bit. But I remember growing up, we spent most Thanksgivings at the home of the Kents. They were a wonderful Christian family that opened their home to weekly Bible prayer meetings uh, that we attended And there were often 50 to 60 people around the Thanksgiving table. It was a very long table that would extend and extend and extend. Uh, They're young and old and everything in between. And their yard was huge. They had plenty of other kids around. So we had a lot of fun playing in the yard. After dinner, everybody gathered together for a time of worship. And then we all played games together. Uh, My dad's job eventually moved us away. As I look back at those times, you know, they were probably the closest thing to real communion that I've experienced, fellowshipping around the table, thankfulness to the Lord's for the Lord's goodness, worshiping the Lord together, and a lot of joy and a lot of fun and a lot of fellowship. We try to replicate that now as much as we can as a family at Thanksgiving, but uh, they're certainly not to that scale. <laughs> yes, that was really a wonderful time, including that worship and um, making that a part in a tradition. That's really awesome. I had some interesting Thanksgivings, I must say. They were not necessarily always traditional. And some things happened that weren't quite planned, but we celebrate anyway. And that's what I've learned. It's like, you have to be flexible. Things don't always go perfectly as maybe at the Kents they seem to. Well, I, I was out playing, so I'm yeah. sure they didn't inside. But but let me share some of our, you know, different Thanksgivings that we had, if you don't mind. One time, just some funny things. One time my mom turned on the stove. It was a digital one. They, my mom and sister were hosting some people for Thanksgiving, turned on the stove and then put the bird in. And after a while, realized the bird 
was not cooking. Apparently, my sister had accidentally turned the new digital stove off. Oh, yes. And so the birds <laughs> sat in the oven uncooked for all these hours. So even with guests, they ended up having all the sides and turkey for dessert. It was <laughs> kind of a funny, they got a big laugh out of that. One time we had terrible food for Thanksgiving. Can you imagine that? We, My dad had a cabin in the mountains of North Carolina, and we all gathered there. Well, not all of us, but as many that could make it. Back then, the grocery stores weren't quite prepared to like prepare Thanksgiving dinners for you to pick up or at least portion of it. Now they're more prepared and they're pretty good. Back then, it was a novelty. And so being in the mountains, this one Publix, not too far away, started this in that area. And so they nobody wanted to cook. So they thought, well... Okay, we'll just go order from the Publix and brought it in. And that food was terrible. I happen to have made my one item that my husband loves and I make it every Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it's this homemade carrot souffle and he just loves it. So I did make that and bring him. That was the only thing. And they went through that in like two minutes flat (laughs) because it was the only thing. So we've had bad food. We've had delayed turkey. We've actually, my in-laws treated all of us to have Thanksgiving at a cabin resort in the North Georgia mountains one year. That was a lot of fun. We've had our COVID Thanksgiving where it was just the three of us, our daughter and my husband and me, and she had just come out of a big surgery down at Duke Medical Center. We'd just gotten home. I was exhausted. There was no way I was going to cook a big meal for just the three of us. So we ordered out at a local restaurant around here. The food was good, but I still got my china out. We put it on the china. We went in the dining room and we were in our pajamas, not my husband, but my daughter and I, (laughs) we had Thanksgiving dinner in pajamas at the dining room table. So another kind of funny memory. One year we had international students. We were pastoring. And so we invited the international students to our home for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And that was quite interesting because at one point I noticed this one young woman was like staring at the food and she would take a bite and think. And I thought, I wonder what's going on here. So I asked her, I said, is everything okay? And she said, yeah. She said, I'm just kind of amazed. And I said, at what? And I was thinking she may say like the abundance of the food, how many dishes we had out or whatever it was. She said, no, she said, in my country, if we have potatoes, it's just pure potatoes. There's nothing in it. You alter all your food. So we have sweet potatoes. It's just a sweet potato. Green beans, it was just the green beans. And I looked around and sure enough, in the mashed potatoes, I had added the salt and pepper and I even put a little sour cream in mine and some butter. And then the sweet potatoes, I had added more sugar and I had nuts on top. And then the green beans had bacon and onions. And I, everything probably except the turkey had something (laughs) mixed in and so it just, then we got to talk to them about their country and their foods and what, and that just kind of made for a, an interesting, yeah, interesting conversation. Uh, well, let's yeah. take a minute, Mary Beth, and, and look at the story behind this beautiful holiday that we have. Share a little bit of the background of Thanksgiving and why it's such an important part of our nation. Because, you know, when you have the international students come and celebrate, I'm sure you shared why this, this Thanksgiving is a holiday for us. This 
celebration of Thanksgiving sometimes can get lost between the Halloween stuff out there and then the start of the Christmas season. And so we have just a short time for this one day. I try to extend it by bringing in small decorations of the harvest around my home and outside just to remind me of God's plentiness and plentifulness and what he's done for us in providing so greatly for this nation. Mm -hmm. A lot of countries cannot say that. We have had and enjoyed an incredible amount of abundance. But you know, this holiday, it actually is distinctly Christian and exclusively American. And I learned that even more so because I wasn't taught all of this in school. Now, I know some of our homeschooling moms are teaching their children now the true Christian heritage of our nation. But I I went to school in a public school and I did not get that. I got some basics. Yeah, we heard about the uh, the Mayflower and the, you know, the, the Pilgrim's general story, but I did not get the rich traditional Christian faith and God's miracles that were really a part of it. Somehow they're trying to eradicate that through the years. And I think it's important that we bring that back into our celebration or at least be mindful of it in our hearts. So I ordered this book years ago. It's called Thanksgiving, A Time to Remember by Barbara Rainey. And it's a wonderful little, it's a nice looking book. It's very thin. You can set it on your coffee table, but it actually brings back the story and the richness of our Christian heritage in a way that I was never taught. So I'm going to refer to this book and maybe read certain parts out of it and all that. I think Barbara does an excellent job of bringing it full force, live and fresh to our attention. And I hope that it will spur others on to bring in that part of the celebration for Thanksgiving. Um, The food and the fun and the football and all that is great. I'm into all that. But I think if we can just add the faith a little bit more of our history and what makes this so unique, so remarkable and such a rich heritage that we have that a lot of other nations don't have and don't celebrate. So it's good for us to remember these enormous sacrifices that the pilgrims made. And they came over, as we know, we probably learned this in school, on the Mayflower ship. And that was the vessel that God used to bring this group of Christian believers, and they were Christian believers, to our land all across that long Atlantic Sea. And these Christian men and women, they were called pilgrims because they were people who were on a journey to a destiny because of their religious beliefs. So that's why they're called pilgrims. But they believed God was leading them to establish a new community where they could worship freely. So as Americans, we celebrate Thanksgiving every year because of the profound faith and their uncommon courage that they had, that the Englishmen and women had when they boarded that ship. They had no idea how God was going to use them to begin a new nation. They only knew God wanted them to go. And it's amazing that when we take that in anything in our life that God calls us to, when we take that first step of obedience, we have no idea. Yeah the future that God is going to use to bring from that one step of obedience. And these people, they risked everything. I don't know that I would have had the wherewithal 
to board that ship and, and get on. And most of them were young. They were like in their 20s and 30s. There were a lot of children. There was one couple that were in their 50s. Mm-hmm. So they get on this ship and it was not the most comfortable voyage. Those ships were tiny. Yes. And they they ran into, they were on it like um, 60 something days before they saw land and got over to Cape Cod area. But they were just so their faith throughout that journey just across the ocean was interesting because the seamen that were, you know, in control of the boat and, mm-hmm. and um, taking them there made fun of them and harassed them and called them names because they were kept calling out to God and singing psalms and praying. They ran in and, and one of them kept saying, I'm going to throw you overboard, you know, once, you know. We, we hit rough terrain and you're going to get sick and die and I'm throwing you overboard. Well, lo and behold, he was the one that got sick and died almost cursing God to the last minute. Oh, and my goodness. He, his body was the one that went over. But they're, you know, witnessing. They're kind of being harassed on the boat for their faith. I never even really realized that. Mm-hmm. So they come over. And, of course, they had hit torrentious storms. They were locked down underneath, basically, to get through that part. The storms were... A, you know, many, many days. They were sick. They only lost one passenger on the way over, but they were like deathly sick, a lot of them coming over. They didn't even have enough food when they got to America, when they got to our land, because there were delays for them even leaving England. So they were having to use some of that food before they even left to come over. So when they got over to our country, even more so how important it was that they would learn how to plant food and hunt and fish and and all of that and learn the whole system around us. God is so faithful in incredible ways with his provision. He actually brought, once they they landed, Mm -hmm. he and they had their first governor, he actually and they had signed the Mayflower Compact, so mm-hmm. they had their kind of civil little government, as you you know would call it, before they actually got their feet on the land because they did that on the ship. But once they got off, God brought them two Indians in particular. One, the first one came and he said, "Welcome," and of course they were all shocked. You know they were afraid. They didn't quite trust him. They they didn't know if they would kill them or not, because that's what they had done. There was a whole tribe that had killed any white man that landed. Well, before the pilgrims got there, a mysterious plague hit that tribe and wiped them all out. Wow. They were gone. So then all the other tribes around them would not go to that area because they were afraid that they would get it and they'd all be wiped out. Right. What God did was he saved that land for the pilgrims. So when the pilgrims got there, there was that land. It was theirs. It was ready for them because God had cleared out the people that were killing the white men. They were gone and the land left for the pilgrims. It's amazing. And this one Indian had told them that story. And then he introduced them later on to another Indian who is the key player in this, who mm-hmm. was the godsend of godsends. And that was Squanto. And how Squanto taught them how to fish, how to plant pumpkins, how to, you know, garden, how to do all of that. And the reason he could do that is he had been earlier, he had been captured and taken to Europe as a slave. And when he 
was in Europe, his whole tribe died from illness. He was the only one. God brought him back six months before the pilgrims got there. And then God brought him to them and he could speak English. He understood their ways. And he basically taught them how to live in this new land. It's quite amazing that he would be willing to do that, knowing that he had been enslaved by Europeans before, Right. that he would be the one that would come to their rescue. I mean, that is... And he must have had an encounter with the Lord even before they arrived. Well, they said the Indians were amazed at watching God answer the prayers because they would hear the pilgrims praying and singing psalms. Mm. But the thing is, Esquanto stayed with them until he died. He just didn't train them for like six months and leave. He stayed with them the whole time until, you know, he, he passed away. So the interesting thing was, is that first... That very first winter, because they got there in November. So then they had to endure, and this is up in Cape Cod. So they had to endure that harsh, harsh winter. About they lost many of the pilgrims. They couldn't make it through the, the weather condition. They were sick. Out of about 100 of them, there were six or seven that were well enough to care for the others. Wow. But they were dying every day. There were some dying every day. So it was heart-wrenching. So then when March came, then that's when they started really learning and honing in. Okay, how are we going to get our food for next year and plant and all that? So the next year it was better, but they still had to ration some food. They had to ration. And then uh, like a year after that, there's other ships coming in with more colonists. And so they, those first few years were very, very difficult. But whenever they would have a harvest, what did they do? They set aside a day of Thanksgiving and they invited the Indians because they had made a pack with the Indians. And so there was safety now and there was rest and they weren't fearing for their lives. So they invited their guests to share in their bountifulness. And another miracle of God was that at one point, they, after that harsh winter, the first one, they learned that we got to really, really plant big for the second harvest to carry us through the winter. Well, there was a drought. And even the Indians were saying, we just haven't seen a drought like this. And so they were losing hope. They felt despaired. Um, like, God, are you leaving us now? You brought us this far. Please don't take your hand from us. Mm. And what happened was they just prayed out loud. They came together. They called a day of fasting and they prayed and asked God for rain. And, you know, in the middle of the night, the rain started coming and it was a soft rain and it rained for 14 days. It revived all their crops, replenished everything they had planted. And there was an abundance that came from that. What did they do? They, they, they could have easily gone, okay, great, great. We got this now and gone on about their merry ways. No, they stopped. They said, we're declaring another day of Thanksgiving, mm. another day of celebration where we give God thanks for our food, our plentiness, our health. And this went on for several years. And even back into um, our very first president, George Washington, um, had Congress, you know, had a, in 1789, a congressional proclamation of a day of public Thanksgiving. And then we know Abraham Lincoln you know, establish it as a national holiday. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing is, as I have been reading and rereading this story, and there's so much more details in this book, I really, really want to recommend it again. Again, it's called Thanksgiving, A Time to Remember by Barbara Rainey. Um, 
they, those pilgrims back then, they did not forget. They didn't forget. They were close to that time, all their hardships, everything they sacrificed. Um, they had tremendous courage and an honorable, they were honorable and they had such a deep faith. They did not forget, but I'm sad to say that I think we have forgotten mm. a lot in our, in our country. So nearly 400 years later, we who are the beneficiaries of their sacrifice pause at the end of harvest season to celebrate a day of Thanksgiving. And again, we've talked about the many fun things about Thanksgiving, but there's lessons we can learn from this story, but they all come back to faith. Mm. And this is what we're not taught anymore. This all comes back to the richness of the faith of our forefathers. The pilgrims sailed to America because of their faith. They wrote the Mayflower, Mayflower Compact based on God's word and signed it by faith. They persevered in the harsh climate because of their faith. They befriended the Native Americans because of their faith. Their uncompromising belief in God and his word became the cornerstone of the colony and in turn of the new nation, which is where we are living today. So William Bradford wrote these words that should move our hearts in greater um, levels of thankfulness as we celebrate Thanksgiving. That He says, we have noted these things so that you might see their worth and not negligently lose what your fathers have obtained with so much hardship. Mm. And they had fun times in between. There was one little part in the book where it talks about the Indians took these um, kernels of corn and put them on these whole, these coals, mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden, poop, <laughs> and they were white. La la, American popcorn showed up for them. Yeah. And then they taught them how to get the maple out of the maple trees for syrup. And they drizzled it on top. So then, whoa, we have kettle corn, American <laughs> kettle corn. So they had fun and they played games and they had fun. It wasn't all quite so treacherous, but God gave them fun points and good food in between that they could just really relish and enjoy. And so I just hope that we... As Americans, remember every year what a rich, rich legacy mm. that we come from, we've been given. And not to lose our remembrance of the hardship of what our forefathers went through for us, for this nation, for our freedom, for our faith, for friends, for family. And I just really wanted to just share that, you know, that story because I feel that it doesn't get enough attention. It doesn't get prominence in our celebration of Thanksgiving today. So even if it's not on the day, maybe even reading up, you know, to Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, but we did actually read this story on Thanksgiving Day, several Thanksgivings that we had at our own home through the years. And we would pass the book around and everybody would read a page or two. And, it, and that was memorable part of what, of, you did. of what we did. And, you know, um, I know today we refer to uh, the Native people here as Native Americans. In that day, some of the merchants who had, and, and trappers who had come to this nation before there was a colony, thought they were actually in India. So they called the Native Americans Indians, which is where that 
kind of came from. So for those of you who are very sensitive to that, that was the original uh, understanding of uh, those who arrived on our shores. They were in India, so they called the Native Americans Indians. Of course, now we know who they are, who they really are. But um, just to clarify that for everyone, so no one has a heartburn about it. Shortly after I finished graduate school, uh, I was asked to take part in a seminar team to teach business principles in a closed country. And by closed, I mean a country that did not allow the gospel to be freely shared or any ideas that were not first approved by the government. In fact, we had government officials pretty much with us the whole time, watching what we did and listening to what we said. But the trip was during the Thanksgiving season. So we were far away from home on the holiday. We were doing seminars in several cities and we're at our last stop on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Our hosts were very gracious and they served us an American meal of steak and potatoes on Thanksgiving because there were no turkeys to be had. And it tasted phenomenal after eating food that was very strange to my palate for a couple of weeks. And as our team sat around the table eating our Thanksgiving meal, I was never more appreciative of the freedoms we enjoy in the United States. The prosperity our nation has long been blessed with. And most importantly, the salvation that we enjoy in Christ. We were all very thankful that Thanksgiving. And, you know, just recounting that story fills me with such gratitude for our nation even today, because we were, we are a nation that was founded on biblical principles. Those who came and colonized as you, or, or built colonies, as you said, came for the sake of religious freedom. And years later, some other pilgrims landed on the shores of Virginia And as they came ashore, they declared and dedicated this land to be a land where the gospel would go forth to all nations from these shores. No matter what is being said about the foundation of our nation and many of the horrific things that happened throughout our history, it was really founded by people of faith who were desiring to worship freely and desiring to share the freedom of Christ with others around the world. Mm -hmm. And if we can think and remember and appreciate that at Thanksgiving, it adds such richness to our celebration. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I was also thinking, I, and I really hadn't thought about this before until recently, how Thanksgiving Our Thanksgiving celebration is what a lot of people have said, you know, that kicks us off into Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, what a beautiful celebration to have going into the Christmas season. Almost like if we relish this and think about it, it prepares our heart in a way to then enjoy the Christmas season and what Christ did for us by coming to this earth in a richer way. I really hadn't, you know, we've just talked about them being two separate holidays, but really one is preparing us for even greater thankfulness. It really does. For Christ. So that was interesting that I was thinking about that the other day and how I need to make that more of a point, Mm -hmm. you know, going into the Christmas season as well. Well, you've mentioned reading this book as one of the ways that you try to cultivate that sense of gratitude. Do you have other Um, other ways that you cultivate gratitude during the Thanksgiving holiday festivities? Well, it's interesting. I think the prayers and the prayer together, um, I love the holding hands. We couldn't do that during COVID, but now we're pretty much past that. So we can be doing more of that. Just the attitude of the heart, Mm -hmm. the graciousness with other people, 
thanking them for good things that they have. We, we would go around and, and a lot of times my husband would say, okay, name something or two things or whatever you're thankful for this time this year. And we all would have things we would say. That's always very meaningful. And of course, most of it ends up coming like our health and our families and God's provision and that a loved one is still here and, you know, those types of things. But you know, Jody, I really believe in all my heart that really Thanksgiving should be an everyday thing. That's true. An mm-hmm. everyday thing. And when I drive into work, I take that time where I'm thanking God for all kinds of things. And it can be the ordinary of the ordinary. It can be the magnificent of the magnificent and everything in between. I mean, sometimes I'm thanking him that I can see, mm-hmm. thanking him I can walk, thanking him I can hear, thanking him for my family, my friends, you know, his provision and on and on and on. But going in and in walking that out on the day-to-day basis. And I learned that through a Bible study I did years ago with some of the women in my church, um, 1,000 Gifts mm-hmm. by Ann Van Camp. And, you know, I was that so stirred me to be mindful. I know we're thankful. We're, we're thankful in general. We just don't walk around saying it all the time. Or we just don't, when we have our times with the Lord, we just don't say it all the time. But that really encouraged me to make it more a of a deliberate, beautiful Christian practice in my life. Yeah, we do a very similar thing after our Thanksgiving meal. We have everyone go around and share something that they've been grateful for during the year. And, you know, some of it gets silly, but others are very meaningful, you know, and it, it does bring center everybody back to that attitude of gratitude before the Lord for what he really has done. Because often we get frenetic in our day to day, you know, what do we have to do? We've got to go grocery shopping, especially around the holidays. You know, there's so much to do, so many things to take care of. Um, But when we can stop and be thankful for the little things you said, like you said, but also for the big things and for our history, yes, it really makes a difference in our outlook. Yes, You know, the, the things that come along, to bother us don't seem so important anymore. Right. It reminds me of that scripture in First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it's, you know, that give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances, because mm. we have some pretty rough things that we have to go through sometimes, but in all circumstances. Even when my daughter was going through her serious illness, I was thanking the Lord. Oh, you provided this doctor for us. You provided this, you provided that. You're leading her, you're guiding us. You know, there was Thanksgiving going on through the whole time and Mm -hmm. other difficult times that my husband and I have walked through. We've thanked the Lord in the middle of them. You know, through our our walk with infertility, we thanked him that he was in control. He's God, we're not. He, He knows what he's doing. We may not, but we thank him that Mm -hmm. we know him and that we trust him. You know, people wonder, what is God's will for your life? Well, right here it says, God's will for you is this. Rejoice always. Like have that joy inside. And that joy is not external necessarily. It's an inward thing. Circumstances don't create that deep inner joy. That's what you have when things aren't going well, you know. And And that's that that deep abiding that you know God is in control and God is good. 
things. And when you know that deep within, you do have that joy because you think, you know, there's that other scripture, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And um, when we have that deep abiding within us, then we do walk with Mm -hmm. that sense of joy, even Mm -hmm. in the stressful, sorrowful days. Right. It's there. And that pray continually. That means just, it doesn't have to be, I pray all day long sometimes off and on as things are happening. I'm just in that spirit of prayer of whatever is going on. You know, that has carried me through difficult times as well. But you know, Thanksgiving day, when we all come together, there is something that, um, Fortunately, my family and even my in-laws, we've all, and I, I give thanks to God for this. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasant time together. Right. And I know, and I've heard from other women, sometimes it's not been so. And so they're struggling with how to kind of make things work or not work. One thing I just, you know, usually say is just keep the conversations in a safe zone. So if there's Different political views, don't bring up politics. If there's different religious views, don't bring up Christianity. You know, if there's, just keep it where it's safe, where everyone, it can be a pleasant experience for everyone. It's just for one day. Mm-hmm. You can you can address the other issues the next day or the day <laughs> after. But for that one day, I try to always keep that element of peace running through our time together and appreciating who we are and the uniqueness that we each are before God, because he created us the way he wanted to. And to celebrate that and to be thankful for that as well. You know, one of the other uh, things that we do, and we usually do this on birthdays, but it it could be used in a, a Thanksgiving situation, is to go around the table and tell somebody what they're thankful for about them. Yes, that's very good. We have done that actually, yes. And for those situations that are maybe less uh, comfortable, um, incorporating something like that into the day, it doesn't necessarily have to be a formal sit down around the table doing it, but to express what you appreciate and are thankful for, for each person as they come in can diffuse some of the agitation Yes, absolutely. It can, because when people acknowledge the goodness of other people, the qualities, everybody has good qualities. Mm -hmm. Everybody does. Even if you don't get along with that personality or not, there are good qualities that, that we each have. It's good to acknowledge those and to acknowledge them out loud and Mm -hmm. to tell them, like you said, we have gone on certain occasions and, and noted what we really appreciate about you know, each person. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's a very good idea. A very good point that you bring up. You know, when our kids um, were too old to really enjoy this, I heard about an idea uh, that would work better for younger kids, but I'll share it anyway, because I think it's great. I know some women who they cut out construction paper, uh, turkey feathers and have everybody write down something that they're grateful for on a construction paper feather And then they attach them to something they're using as the turkey body along with a construction paper turkey head. And then they use it as a centerpiece or a decoration. So, you know, everybody's reminded of God's goodness. And uh, I'm not real crafty, I'll have to say. So if I do one of these turkeys someday, it will probably be uh, a very, make a lot of fun for everybody to laugh at. (laughs) But I've tucked the idea away. Maybe someday I'll use it with grandchildren someday, maybe, but... Uh, you know, there's all sorts of those kind of things that you can find on the internet. If you're, if you are someone who enjoys uh, the crafty side of things, it's, there's so much resources out there. 
you know, I remember growing up when my mom was hosting Thanksgiving with the new little grandkids, she would just have everybody dress up as pilgrims or as, you know, Native Americans and play in the yard and just, you know, even do a little play of the Thanksgiving story. There's many, many ways to incorporate the traditions of our nation into Thanksgiving. So everybody understands what it's about. And it's not just about football and family. While that is a beautiful side effect and it's a wonderful thing, a wonderful way to celebrate it, but it's not the purpose. Right. It's not the core purpose. Right. Do you have any other little tips or stories you want to share? Well, I'll just share this. Um, we have to just roll with the punches. We have mm. to roll with what happens. And I mentioned earlier on that not all of my Thanksgivings have gone smooth A to Z. And one in particular was the time that my oven caught on fire with the turkey oh, in gosh. it. <laughs> yes. So we had just built this beautiful home. We were in Chesapeake, Virginia, and my in-laws had come up and some brother and uh, sister-in-law, you know, family came up. And so we were, we were there, brother-in-law, I should say, and sister-in-law. And w- things were going really smooth. And I thought, wow, I even thought I could sit down at the table and talk a little bit more with my family because all the sides were pretty much covered. Everything's mm-hmm. pretty much done. And I'm the turkey's in the oven. And I'm thinking, wow, it's smelling. Well, at was I wasn't smelling it like I should have been, but yeah. anyway, so I, things were you know good, and I thought, wow, this is going smoother than I thought. Okay, and then all of a sudden, I looked over at the oven and I saw black smoke coming out <gasps> the vent. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness is right. I screamed. I ran to the oven. Of course, you're not supposed to open it, but I did crack just a little bit to you know. Yes, there was fire in there. So I'm yelling. My husband, thankfully, we had a fire extinguisher. My husband gets that. My father-in-law are putting out the. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's smoke, it's smell everywhere. We're opening the doors, the windows, everything. And it was just all this chaos. Well, you roll with the punches. So my sister-in-law, who was had three small children, one, the youngest was nine months old. He was upstairs sleeping. And all she was saying was, don't wake the baby. Just don't wake the baby. <laughs> She's, we, were, we were laughing. And then my other little niece, after it was all over, of course, they had a great time on the fire truck and got pictures of the fire truck for Thanksgiving. It's memorable, and memorable Thanksgiving. she came in the house and we're all standing there and she's staring. My little four-year-old niece is staring, crying, 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 looking at the oven and crying and crying. And we're like, you know, Mary Clinton, it's all worked out. We're okay. Everything's all right. And all of a sudden she's you don't need to cry anymore. It's okay. And she's crying. She said, but the turkey died. (laughs) (laughs) So we were all laughing about that and roll with the bunches. Here we go. So off to Golden Corral, we went and we got some turkey and a few other things and we brought them back to the house. But you know what? We were all in our Sunday best. You talked about dressing up. We were all in our Sunday best for Thanksgiving dinner, just waiting for that perfect meal to arrive, right? Yeah. When this happened, I came back from Golden Golden Corral, my in-laws, and I came back and there, my family, my in-laws, they had all changed their clothes from their Sunday best to sweats and a t-shirt. And they were cleaning the cabinets, wiping down the counters, everything from the smoke and, Mm. and what have you. That was a memorable Thanksgiving. Didn't quite go as planned, but we rolled with the punches. We ended up we could laugh about it because the house didn't burn down. But anyway, it's just accepting those things when things like that happen. 
And you just say, okay, well, we'll just make the best of it. And my family is great about that. I have to say, my sister, we just, brother, we just roll with, you know, somebody blew up the sweet potato casserole one time. I mean, it was just <laughs> like crazy stuff, but we, we make it fun and we make it enjoyable and not so rigid where it has to be this way. It has know? to be perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, shortly after one of my many trips to developing countries over the years, the Lord gave me a short poem to remind me of what I have to be grateful for it. It is not Maya Angelou. It is not John Keats, but hopefully it'll inspire you as you listen. So here it is. Safe shelter, plenty to eat, a choice of clothes, shoes on my feet, a loving family, a comfortable bed, friends to laugh with, pillows for my head. They're simple things that I'm grateful for. And each year I appreciate them more. I sight to see books I can read, doctors close by to help when in need, the ability to smile, the freedom to choose who to vote for, win or lose, strength for any task, money to give, a savior who died so that I can live. The blessings go on too numerous to mention. God is so good. He deserves my attention. When I think of all he's done and how he first loved me, I want to bless him back with a life lived generously. You know, one way we can live generous lives is to help widows and orphans with special needs through the Somebody Cares Widows and Orphan Fund. You can join our growing company of women who are living James 1, 27 with a gift at HerGodStory.org. Just click on the widow and orphans option at the top of the page. As we close, Mary Beth, can you think of a woman in the Bible whose story inspires gratefulness in you? Yes. And that would be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mm. Oh my goodness. If she had not just willingly obeyed and believed what the angel told her, and it was hard in her day here. She wasn't married that, and she is pregnant. And how do you tell people the angel came to me and told me I would be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, excuse me. And then Joseph didn't even believe at first, right? And an angel went to him and said, no, that's right. You know, take her as your wife. And I'm just so thankful for her yeah. that she brought to us the greatest, most precious Savior mm. the world has and will ever know, Jesus Christ. And I just pray if there are, we have any listeners today that don't know the Lord, that you'll just pray and ask him to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins. He's so gracious to change your life and to walk with him, get into a good Bible-believing church, and let Jesus really show him his love for you because each one of us is worth it. Mm. If we would have been the only one here, he would have died for us. But he, he died for the world. He loves us so much. And I also, just in closing, just want to share just briefly that if there's any, if we have any listeners out there too that may be listening that kind of feel sometimes during the holidays, you can feel, and even during the year, I know I have felt like this at times, you can feel a little less than maybe you feel like you blend in the wall. I have felt like I blended in the wall at times. A friend of mine, a very precious lady, she was feeling that way one day and the Lord dropped a sparrow in front of her. Mm. And he said to her, my eye is on the sparrow. It even knows when it hits the ground. And she said, Mary Beth, I didn't feel like I am 
was a pretty bird, like the jaybirds and the cardinals and the blue jays. They're beautiful birds, a vast number that God has created. And she said, for some reason, he made the sparrow. It's tan. It's brown. It just has a brown, you know, streaks in it. It just kind of blends in with the wall. She said, that's how I was feeling. But the Lord came to me and said, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And here she was feeling just like the little sparrow mm. she saw. And God gave her that scripture. And I just thought that's just a beautiful way for us to remember if we're going through any difficult time or we're finding a holiday hard and maybe feeling out of place in whatever way that looks like, just to know that God's eye is on you. He's on me. You are valuable. You are worthy. He died for you. And I am eternally grateful above all all the richness in our nation and our heritage. I'm eternally grateful for Jesus and what he's done. And so Mary is the woman that I think of Amen. right now. Well, you know, in Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, the apostle Paul encouraged us to live wisely. Uh, he says, make the most of every opportunity. Understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you celebrate Thanksgiving, let it be with a heart saturated with the Holy Spirit, a mouth filled with gratitude for all God has done for you, and lips that are ready to declare his goodness. Mary Beth, will you take a moment and just pray for everyone as they celebrate their Thanksgiving? Sure. Thank you, Lord, so much for your goodness to us. You are so faithful, Lord, even when we're not faithful. You are there even when we don't feel like you're there. Father God, I just ask right now for those listening that if there are any that don't know you, that you would reveal your love to them, that they may come and have the greatest thanksgiving at all, and that is to receive your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray if there are those that are struggling with their faith, maybe they're doubting you. Maybe something has happened. Maybe they're questioning the reality and your love for them. I pray, Father God, that you would reach down and that you would touch them in a very special way, letting them know that you love them and that you are there for them. And Father, I pray for this Thanksgiving day that's approaching soon, that as we gather together with family and friends, I pray for peace. I pray for great abundance of thankfulness, for encouragement for one another. And Lord, I pray that you would make us really mindful of the blessing of living in this land and remember our rich, rich heritage that we come from and the faith that our forefathers had in everything that they endured to bring us to the part where we are now. And Father, where we have failed as a nation, would you please have mercy on us? Mm -hmm. And would you heal our land? And would you bring us back to our knees that we may honor and glorify you in all we say or do? In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. In our show notes at hergodstory.org, you'll find lots of scriptures and other helpful information as well as the book that Mary Beth referenced. 
And on your long Thanksgiving weekend, log on to HerGodStory.org and download a free six-week devotional on women of the Bible. We hope you will be inspired in your faith as you explore how God moved in the lives of women like Mary and like you in so many ways. We love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line. So give us a call at any time at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it on your favorite streaming service and share it with your friends. And now, dear ones, I leave you with a blessing adapted from Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. May you live your lives in the Lord, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, and overflowing with thankfulness. Happy Thanksgiving. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.